Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our service times, visit okoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at okoegt. Now let's prepare our hearts as we go into the message. Amen. Hey, take your Bible, whether it's in digital form or, or book form, and I want you to hold it high in the air. And I want you to say this after me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I am what it says I am. I will do what it says for me to do. I place myself under the authority of God's word. It says I am blessed. Therefore, I am blessed. It says I am an overcomer, therefore I overcome every obstacle, every challenge, and every hindrance through the name above every name, Jesus Christ. I open my heart, I open my mind to receive God's word. I receive this word and I confess this word in the name of Jesus, amen. I would like to say welcome to all of our friends today. Thank you for making GT a part of your worship experience. I believe that you will find some of the greatest people in West Orange County right here in this room. They love Jesus. They love his word. And they are people of generosity and they genuinely love and care about others and their communities. So thank you for being here. Let me start by asking a rhetorical question. Do you remember when Fitbits were the craze? Remember Fitbits? They were the little item you put around your wrist, and it counted every step you would take every day. And then you'd gather with friends, and you'd have a contest throughout, you know, who could do the most steps because the steps translated miles. It was about becoming more health conscious. You know, we did that, and uh, Ryan Roberson, man, he had a Fitbit, and, and that joker, that joker, like 20,000 steps a day, and, and I just got overwhelmed, and I, you know, my, my 8,000 steps a day, you know, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> that means you ain't walking much. That means you ain't doing much. Anyways, but he, he, he works in landscape. He sit on that lawnmower all day long, that thing of vibrate, you know, and, and he gets steps. So if you see me preaching and I'm doing like that, that means my, 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 my watch is counting my steps and gives me a few extra. I found a little trick, though. I have a Harley, and I love to ride motorcycles. And, you know, Harleys are known to vibrate. So I could ride that Harley, and it'd give me some steps. And my wife would think, man, honey, you're doing good. I mean, you really, you really exercise. And I said, yes, ma'am. You know, Fitbits are not out of style. It's just there are many devices that measure your fitness, whether it's Apple Watch, whether it's a Garmin Watch, or, or some other, other device. And devices measuring one's physical activity is really a multi-million dollar business every year. And measuring how you are doing is important because it helps to track your progress, how far away from the goal are you? How far do you have to go? See, when we know our status, then we can make adjustments on the fly. So measuring progress is a good thing. 
So in our final sermon on the art of discipleship, I want to speak for a few moments on the topic, Fitbit faith, measuring our spiritual growth. It's important that you measure your spiritual growth. Now, the concept of a Fitbit faith is an interesting analogy to consider when reflecting on spiritual progress. And just as a Fitbit tracks your physical progress, evaluating your spiritual journey can be beneficial. This reflective practice can help us, help us understand where we are, where we have been, but most importantly, where we are going. So my, my hope today is in this sermon, you'll have a, a plan and you'll be challenged to, to start measuring your spiritual progress. So notice the first thing we want to talk about and write this word, write the word checkups, have regular checkups. You hear people, hey, go to the doctor. Are you doing your yearly checkup? Make sure you're going to the, do- make sure you're doing your checkups. Why? Because they're important. See, the the scriptures encourage self-examination and spiritual growth. So turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 13, and Paul is closing up his second letter to the church of Corinth, and notice what he says. He says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. In essence, Paul is saying it's an exam time. Take a test. That word, that word exam means, it means to try something by testing to prove something by testing, to make a trial of, to put to the test. And then Vincent in his biblical word study emphasizes the word you yourselves, test yourselves. He says in the original, that word yourselves is emphatic. And a word that is emphatic places emphasis on personal responsibility. Test your faith. Test Your relationship, responsibility, self-responsibility of examining our hearts to see where we are in our spiritual journey. Now, allow me to read this out of the message translation. The paraphrase is this, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. Isn't that a great advice? Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. Do something about it. If you realize, you know what, I'm not measuring up. I'm not making much spiritual progress. Do something about it. I propose that you do this sometimes without even recognizing it. Maybe in the evenings as you're evaluating and going over what happened that previous day. And maybe before you go to bed in your prayer time, you're just kind of 
mentally just going through the day and you realize there's some things that happen and you think, man, I didn't respond the way I should have in that situation. I didn't really, I didn't really show likeness to Christ in that. And you feel, you feel conviction about it. So, so you, you, you ask the Lord to forgive you. And, and, and possibly you might even go to the person or to a group of persons and say, hey, how I acted and reacted was not really like I want to be. And I, I'm sorry about that. Well, I want to challenge us to be more intentional with evaluating and testing and examining our faith. I think sometimes we do it unconsciously, but I want us to be more conscious about it because we're measuring our steps. We're seeing how far we're going in our spiritual progress, how much progress we are making in our relationship with the Lord. The writer of Hebrews tells us this. He says, so let us stop going over basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. So what are we looking for when we examine, when we test? We're looking for genuine faith and we're looking for spiritual progress. We're looking for maturity in Christ. The King James puts it this way. Let us go on unto perfection. Wow. That talks about the building blocks of faith. Building upon your life. Character. The character of Jesus Christ. When we talk about spiritual progress, we talk about what we're looking for. We're looking for the pursuit of godliness. Pursuing righteousness, pursuing, pursuing God-likeness, pursuing Christ-likeness. This is the journey. This is the goal. This is the finish line that we become more like Jesus. So just like that Fitbit would measure every step you take throughout the day and that health counter may today may, may talk about your heart rate and, and how you're doing physically, have an examination spiritually and see, am I pursuing righteousness or am I just blending in with culture? Am I just being a chameleon and just blending in? Does anybody know that I'm a Christian? Hear me, your people, your church, your, your, your community, your co-workers should know that you are a Christ follower. They should know that you are a Christ follower by your pursuit of righteousness, your pursuit of godliness. Because there's some things that you cannot participate in because of your faith, because of being a follower of Christ. But if we're doing everything everybody else is doing, then what causes us to stand out? See, your goal is not to blend in. Your goal is to be a light shining in the darkness. Am I preaching this morning? You're receiving that today. Pursuit of godliness. Listen to what Peter writes. 2 Peter 3 verse 17. You already know these things, friends. So be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people who lose their own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
So we have a consistent witness throughout the word of God, throughout the New Testament, that spiritual progress is a part of our spiritual journey. We must grow in grace, in our knowledge, in our relationship. So it brings us to our second point. How do we know? I mean, it has to be qualifiable. Just like, just like a leader, as you're, as, as you're leading your company, as you're leading uh, different ones, you, you, you want to know what the measurements are. How can we measure success? How can we measure we're making, we're making progress? Yeah. You want measurable uh, actions so that you can evaluate to see, are you doing a good job or not? Yeah. Well, it brings us to our second point, which is right, signs of progress. There are signs of progress that you can look to that will tell you whether or not you're making progress or you're falling backwards. The goal is making progress. So how do we measure our spiritual growth? It's, more, it's about more than just religious rituals or going through the forms. It encompasses our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions, and relationships. So what are signs that say we're making progress? And just as a Fitbit measure steps, what is the measure of our spiritual progress? Well, I think you can guess the first one. If you can read, you can look at your notes and say, well, love. And I, and I think... If anyone would ask, well, how do I know that I'm growing? I think one of the first things we would say, well, if I have love in my heart. Now, let me qualify something. This thing that culture calls love is not love. This thing the world calls love isn't love. It's lasciviousness. It's, 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 it's living according to your own self and, 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 and getting other people to applaud you when you're wrong and, and accepting anything you think is right. That's not love. That's lasciviousness. I'm talking about biblical agape love. In Matthew, we hear the words of Jesus, chapter 22, verse 36, familiar to a lot of people. Someone comes up to Christ and they ask him, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment, the greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus made this astounding statement. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So write this, love for God. How do you measure spiritual progress? Love for God. Now let me give you some identifications of what we mean by love for God. You love the presence of God. You want to be in the presence of God. Last Sunday, we talked about the first things. What do you do the very first thing? When you wake up in the morning, you pick your phone up. Do you search the internet first or do you spend time with the Lord first? It often, it often reveals what's in us. And, and sometimes it's not that we don't love God. It's just that we got some priorities in the wrong way. So our challenge last week was to take 14 days, and the very first thing you do when you wake up, read a scripture. Read the Bible. Read the verse of the day. 
See, to love God is to love his presence, to love being in the presence of God. It's to love the things of God. It's to love what God loves. Did you know God loves his church? The church is called his bride. Did you know he loves his bride? Now, if you want to get me upset, talk about my bride. You want to get me upset, mess with my bride. Now, let me tell you, that girl can take care of herself. Let me tell you, that girl's a principal. And that girl, let me tell you, she can get straight with you. She comes home. And sometimes she thinks she's principal at my house. I said, whoa, 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 here, baby. Now, listen, you know, I love you. But just like you want me to take the pastor hat off when I walk through those doors, you need to take that principal hat hat off when you walk through those doors. All joking aside, you you want to hurt me, touch me, touch my wife. It's the same way with you, ladies, with your husband. Let somebody touch your husband. Let somebody mess with your kids. Let somebody, and it gets you. It upsets you. See, to love God is to love the things of God. God loves his church. Now you say, oh, I love the church. I just don't like the people in it. (laughs) Well, there's a contradiction there because the church is the ecclesia, the called out ones, the good, the bad, the ugly. Love the church. Love the people of God, but also love the poor, the hurting, the less fortunate, which brings us, write this, love for others. What does it mean to love God? What does it mean, love? Love God, love, love for others. Jesus said, second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Which to me, when I think of others, I think of the loss. Love for broken humanity. Jesus' earthly life was marked by his compassion and love for the hurting, the spiritually blind, the lost. Jesus' life and ministry demonstrated the love of God that the Father has for humanity. And may our love be translated to the action of telling others about the way to God, to life, and that's Jesus Christ. Church, we believe this message of the gospel. We believe and we know there's only one way to the Father. His name is Jesus. We just sung about it. Speak Jesus. Proclaim Jesus. Shout it from the street market. Shout it from the mountaintop. Shout it in your homes. Shout it in the community. Jesus. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. We believe this message that we must have a burden for the lost, have a burden for those who have not heard, have a burden for those who have rejected, have a burden for those who are walking in unbelief. Be light and be salt. But not just love for others, the lost, but love for the household of faith. Peter says this in his first epistle, chapter 1, verse 22. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and as sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Can you put that verse up there so we can see it with our eyes? Love each other deeply with all your heart heart. Maybe not. Love each other. 
deeply, not just a little bit, deep love, authentic love, real love. Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another. How can we love the world when we can't love the household of faith? How can we love the lost when we can't love the ones <laughs> we sit in the pews together? Love one another. You know what I appreciate about glad tidings? What I appreciate about you is your genuine love one for the other. You respond in generosity. You respond in love to others. When you hear there is a need, you are moved to do something about it. How do you measure spiritual progress? By love. Love for God. Love for others. Love for the household of believers. You say... Pastor, it's hard. I just don't know if I can do it. I mean, I do good sometimes, but then they get on my nerve. They just get all over me, and I just find it hard to love. You say, I can't. I say, yes, you can. You say, it's hard. I'm telling you, by not by might nor by power, by my spirit, says the Lord. That wording reminds me of the story in the Old Testament where the creditors had come to, to take the widow's two sons, and she went to the prophet, the man of God. She said, she, he, he served you faithfully. He served the call of God, but he died, and he left me with nothing, and now the creditors have come. What do you have in the house? She says, I don't have anything but a little pot of oil. And he said, go to your neighbors and borrow vessels. Borrow as many as you can. The prophet returned and he told her, take the oil and pour it into the vessel. And do you know, it kept pouring one vessel after another vessel, after another vessel, after another, until every vessel in the house was filled. She took it she sold it and had enough money to pay her debts and to live the rest of her life. Tell me my God isn't good. You say I can't do it. I say yes you can. You say it's hard. I say God will empower you to live like Jesus. He's called you. He's anointed you. He's empowering you and he's filled you with the Holy Spirit and there's not enough containers there's not enough containers to keep everything that God has for you. Love your neighbor. Love your enemies. Love the loss. Love the household of faith. Grow in your love. How do you measure spiritual progress? Write this fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. We've been preaching on Wednesday nights in the book of Galatians. Chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. The fruit of the Spirit should be. Let me change that. The fruit of the Spirit must be evident 
in the life of every believer. Are you bearing the fruits of the Spirit? We're talking about Fitbit faith, counting your steps toward progress. Jesus said this, John records in his gospel, chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And then in verse 8 he says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I think some valid questions to ask ourselves are questions like this. How am I doing in the kindness department? How am I doing in the self-control department? What about joy? I'm going to be honest. Some of us just need to get a little bit of joy in our life. How you doing? Oh, preacher, I'm just barely making it. Oh, I'm so glad I made it to the house of God. If you knew the week I had this week, pastor, you just, my God, I'm just going through it. Yeah, join the crowd. (laughs) Get on the same bus. Because we all walk through challenges. Check up on your joy. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. (laughs) The New Testament says, we'll have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can you say amen? What about peace? How's your peace? That other other word that starts with that same letter, patience. You know, you've heard people say, oh, don't you pray for patience. You pray for patience. Oh, it's going to come your way. Oh, let me tell you, you're going to go through some trials. Quit saying that. Quit saying that. You don't serve a God like that. A God, we don't serve a God that's punishing you. You serve a God that's empowering you. You serve a God that's transforming you. You're serving a God that has poured his spirit out upon you, grace upon grace, and, and the love of God is being shed abroad in your heart. You can respond in patience. Mm-mm-mm. Somebody say amen. amen. Brings us to our third point. Keep exercising and keep tracking. Now, my wife, some of y'all follow her on Facebook and all those other social media things. And you, you notice she's jogging and you've been asking, well, well, where's pastor in those things? She's the jogger. I'm watching her where she travels and I'm checking on her, making sure she's safe. But she has this thing that tracks her progress And she keeps record of her progress, and she has an accountability partner that will will hold her accountable and help lay out the next steps because she's preparing for a marathon in January. Never, Never ran a marathon before, but she's working up because the goal is to run the marathon. Use that same analogy. Your goal is to win others, and your goal is to make it to heaven. Your goal is to look like Jesus, and your goal is to arrive across the finish line. Can you say amen? Measure your progress. Exercise. Keep growing in Christ Jesus. So I want to take you to this last passage, 1 Peter 1, verse 13. 
First Peter 1, 13, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Look at your neighbor and say, get the right mindset. Prepare your mind for action. He's called you to grow, so you ain't got no choice. You got to grow. Write this, have a growth mindset. This is so important. Have a growth mindset. Love the things that God loves. God's looking for fruit. He loves fruit. <laughs> Let your life show forth the fruit of the Spirit. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Christ Jesus is revealed. So you must live as God's obedient. Don't slip back into your old ways. So notice this. Break it down. Keep exercising self-control. Keep exercising those things. Put your hope in Christ. If all we had was hope in this world, church, we'd be men most miserable. Our hope is beyond this life. Our hope is to eternity. Yes, we are going to a better place one day, but we are to live faithful lives between here and there. Refuse to slip back. And then the last verse is this. Notice what he says. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. Refuse to slip back to your old ways and pursue holiness. Pursue righteousness. We're talking about Fitbit faith. A lot of you exercise. A lot of you keep track of your physical health. I want to challenge us to keep track of our spiritual health. Because one day, there's going to be an inspection. Did you hear me? One day, there is going to be an inspection. An inspection, we call it the judgment. One day, we're going to stand before him. I cannot stand there for you, and you cannot stand there for me. You will stand before God. Make spiritual progress. It's the art of discipleship. Because I promise you, doors will open. Promotion will come. And there will be a bountiful harvest of good things. Can you say amen? Can we bow our heads in prayer just for a moment? Father, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word challenges us. Your word speaks to us. Your word, your word, Father, cuts like a knife at times. But your word also is like ointment that heals. Holy Spirit, you know the area of our life that needs to be cut. But you don't leave us there with an open wound. You, you also spiritually apply the ointment. <laughs> so from that place of hurt, we grow. Now, Father, we are here today, I believe, because we do want to grow. We do want to be healthy. 
We are here today because we, we sense the Spirit of God calling us higher calling us to, 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 to greater, greater things. We're here today with a desire to pursue the things of God. Now, Lord, I pray. I pray that we'll let go of those things that's holding us back. Those things that are weighing us down. I pray God will turn loose of those things. And I pray that we'll run the race with endurance. God, help us to examine ourselves. Just like Paul told the church of Corinth, examine your faith. Examine yourselves. So, Lord, right now, we take this moment, we examine our heart. We examine ourselves. Just for a moment. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. As our head is bowed, our eyes are closed. You're here today and you say, Pastor, there's some things I need to change. There's some things I need to address. I think it's important to confess it. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, there's some things as I examine, the Holy Spirit shows me I I need to deal with. Pastor, will you pray for me that I'll have the courage to do it? If that's you, lift your hand right now. Come on, just yes. All across this auditorium, yes, God. Yes, Jesus, there's some things. There's some things the Holy Spirit is shining upon us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, right now, we declare the name Jesus. We declare the name Jesus. I wonder, will you stand with me? And I want to ask you to take another step. All of us as a family, if you feel comfortable. Will you come down front, spend time in his presence? Let's declare this song. Let's make this our prayer.